Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful relief. It's just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So podcasts have really popped off in the last couple years and I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, Janine, how do I start a podcast? And I'm here to help you out today. So if you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, because I absolutely love podcasting, I think it is so fun and I think everybody should do it. So if you guys are interested in starting one, Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super, super easily. And even on the platform as well, they will distribute it everywhere for you. And then you can even earn money, which is so cool. It's all in one place and it's completely for free. It's called Spotify for podcasters and here's how it works. So Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts literally right from your phone or your computer. It's super, super easy. So no matter what y'all setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. So don't feel like you have to have it all together to start one. You can start today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. Also, what is so great is if you do want to have a video feature, video podcasts are available on Spotify and I have that on mine and I think it's just so fun and engaging for my audience to be able to see me on Spotify as well. So with Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. So definitely check that out. And here is the best of all point of this. It is completely free with no catch. So ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just feel like it has been so engaging. I feel like I'm loving the options that that Spotify is giving me with Q and A's and polls and even having video. So I highly recommend you guys give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. You guys are going to love this. If you've been wanting to start it, this is your sign. I've been thinking about this a lot because I know that I'm a selfish person. And I think deep down inside, everybody is a selfish person. And uh, I'm a little nervous to talk about this one, not gonna lie, I'm just a little nervous, but we're gonna do it.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amapola, and I hope you guys are having a great day today. Welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, my name is Janine. Um, I love to try to help you guys out in all aspects of life, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I try to hit those four verticals, even though I know I'm not doing the best at that quite yet, but I love to just talk about everything faith-related um, and just give you guys uh, wisdom, things I'm going through, sharing advice, um, and a lot of my listeners are women, which is so fun. I love my girls, so it's just always a joy to just get to hang out with you girls and share some things that I am going through and just some wisdom and truths that I am thinking through. So today's episode is just going to be a little bit more different, but it's like it's my podcast, so I'm really excited. I get to kind of do that whenever I want. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different, which is going to be fun because, like I said, I'm the host of this podcast, and I love doing the solo episodes. They're really, really fun. And a lot of times you guys are like, please do more solo episodes, which is so amazing. So just to start off this podcast, I want to give you guys some random updates. Number one, I'm drinking this Mix Her her powder. It's like a concentration powder that you put in your water. It's from this brand, like I said, called Mix Hers. And so fun fact, for the month of April, we are now, oh my gosh, almost, well, I guess when this podcast comes up, it's halfway through April, which I'm like, <gasps> holy frickity frick. Um, anyway, so for the month of April, I cut out energy drinks, which is so shocking because if you know anything about me, I was a big energy drink girl. I was addicted to Celsius drinks, especially when I lived in California. That's when I discovered it. I would literally never work out without a Celsius drink. And ever since Celsius kind of started having some backlash and people getting some problems, I was like, I don't know if I want to be promoting that. So I kind of stopped drinking Celsius, even though I still love the kiwi guava flavor. However, I would notice that my heart would just like race like crazy, which duh, like if you're drinking an energy drink, it's going to do that. But almost to a point where I was like, I feel like I'm dying. So I want to stop that. So then I kind of like switched over to like Alani New and Prime, which great and all. But then I started to realize like, the ingredients that are going in my body are not healthy. These are not good ingredients. And me being someone that really genuinely loves to promote health and happiness and joy and like just overall healthiness, what you put into your body matters. And so when I just think about the ingredients and like all the refined sugars and the ways that are going to mess up my hormones, and I think it's called your endocrine your endocrines and just ways that that would affect my body holistically. I was like, I don't know if that's good. So my boyfriend and I together both gave up energy drinks, which, hold, let me fix this, which was actually pretty hard for us to do because we both would have an energy drink every single day. And um, we were like, yo, two are better than one. We're going to do this together. We're going to encourage each other. So we've cut out energy drinks so far for the month of April. And honestly, I'm just going to probably try to continue that. Now, I'm not saying I will never not have an energy drink if like I'm literally like absolutely needing a boost, but instead I want to try to go for more healthier options like the mixers drink or matcha or maybe something else. You guys can give me other suggestions. Like my, uh, my friend gave me this other supplement the other day, which was supposed to give you like natural energy and it made my heart race like crazy. And I was like, I, I can't do this. So I got my little juice in my tart drink and um it actually tastes so good so I enjoyed this 
Anyway, that was just like a fun little fact of something that I was doing for the month of April. I encourage you guys to do the same, trying to find ways to just cut back on like unhealthy things. And, um, you know, even something that I've noticed lately that I've been a lot better at is like sugar because before bed, I would always need sugar. Now I still like sugar, but what I try to do now instead is just eat fruit instead or find a healthier alternative. Now, every now and then, of course I cave, whatever. I'm not beating myself up over that, but I don't want that to be a regular routine and habit of like craving sugar and needing sugar because it just shows that your body is becoming dependent upon that. And that's why you're going to have those energy crashes midday is when you're depending upon sugar to be your sustainer versus food or like good carbs and stuff. So that's what I want to do instead. So yeah, just some things I've been trying to like work on and being healthier holistically. The next thing I want to talk about really fast, and I haven't done this in a while, I just want to talk about four books that I've been loving lately. And um, one of them I literally cannot find, but I'm listening to the audiobook of it. And um, you guys probably know what this book is because I've done a podcast or maybe it hasn't, it hasn't come out yet, but I did a whole podcast with JP about his book. Why do I do what I don't want to do? That's been something I just literally spit everywhere. <laughs> that was so disgusting. Thank God you weren't a person with me because I would have spit all over you. Um, but his book, Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do, great book. Been listening to that on audiobook. I've actually been trying to get back on the swing of listening to an audiobook a month because that was part of my goals at the beginning of this year was listen to an audiobook every single month. The only month that I missed and failed to do that was last month, so I'm back on it. I'm actually listening to two books this month, um, Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller as well as jo- Jonathan Picluda's book, Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do. And so as I'm getting ready or driving, whatever, I've been listening to those books or on my flights. Um, I listen to those books and then two or actually three other books that I've been recently listening and reading to is this one called the grace and truth paradox by responding with Christ-like balance by who's the author, Randy Alcorn. It's a very tiny, thin little book, but it's something I'll probably talk about at the end of this podcast a little bit more because it's something that I think culture is losing is the great grace and truth paradox. So I've been listening and start reading this book before bed. It's been really, really good. The next book is this one right here, Be Still, 90 Devotions for the Hopeful Heart by Claire, Claire Sherry. And um, she has an Instagram called Clearly Stated, and she just has a devotional that I like to read these before bed. And uh, Me Struggling to Be Still Often, this is a really great book um, that I like to read just before bed. It's one a day. It's a great one. So I recommend this one. Again, it's called Be Still, 90 Devotions for the Hopeful Heart by Clear Sherry. Been loving that one. The next book that I've been also loving and I had them on my podcast was Nick and Chelsea Hurst called Marriage Minded, and it's 10 ways to know if you found the one. So I'm reading a lot more marriage books and just trying to prep and be, you know, thoughtful of marriage and get more in the thinking of like, okay, what are areas I'm still struggling? And I'll talk about this more in this podcast, but this is also another great book that I highly, highly recommend. So some books that I just love for you guys to check out. And now to talk about in today's episode. So for today's episode, it might be a little bit of a longer one, but um, as I am, you know, sitting down, I was thinking about like, what do I want to talk about today? And I realized that there was just multiple things I wanted to talk about. So for today's episode, I actually want to talk about five things that I'm learning. And I might call this also five things I'm learning and thinking through because these are five things that I'm processing through, thinking about, chatting with friends, learning a lot. And I think they could be beneficial for you as well. So uh, yes, yeah, so those are some of my thoughts, some things that I am thinking through, some books that I recommend, as well as five things that I am learning and thinking through. And I hope this will be beneficial to you as well.
Okay, I'm back. Um, I got really spacey and lightheaded for a second, and I was like, what is going on? And then I realized I didn't eat lunch, so I took a little break. But we are back, baby. But it's, like, funny. Like, even just sitting down, I have created the habit of pairing an energy drink with filming a podcast. And so I've formed that habit in my head. And literally when I sat down for a second, I was like, dang, like, where's my energy drink? See, that's a habit I'm trying to break because we pair things a lot of the times, like we associate our bad habits with like a good one. And so I'm trying to replace a a good habit with another good habit. So drinking water instead. But anyway, another tangent. The first thing that I want to talk about of things that I am processing is gossip. Okay. This has been something I have been working on so much because I'm not going to lie. Back in my days, I was a bad gossiper and it's not a cute quality. It's something that I always knew was wrong. It's always something that I was like, no, I don't want to be a gossiper. It's not cute. It's not a good characteristic. Um, it really genuinely doesn't make you look good. It just doesn't. And it also is something that doesn't make others look good. Like that's the problem with gossip. But the problem is with gossip is that it poorly reflects more on you than it does on the other person because you're the one with someone else's name in your mouth. You're the one sharing someone's business. You're the one, you know, obsessed with somebody, obviously, if you keep talking about them when, you know, maybe they didn't do anything to you and maybe they did, you know, maybe they did. And so this was something like, even when um, Maddie and I were living together, we would always talk about is just gossip because because the thing is, gossip is such an easy thing to do. Gossiping is such a low hanging fruit. When you're sitting around a table, like my friends and I really don't do this, which I'm really thankful for, but I've still noticed that it's a temptation or I've noticed that in a past friend group that gossip was the reason why um, the friend group got ugly or why it became sour or why people started to get bitter of each other or why there was a lack of trust within people because people were gossiping. And so I've been reflecting on this a ton and genuinely trying to be somebody that is so much better at this because I have seen gossip ruin friendships. It has ruined people's reputation, character. It makes you look really ugly And it's something that the Bible warns us about all the time. And because if you guys don't know, you don't follow my Instagram, I do these monthly Bible challenges. You guys should follow me because every month I start basically a new book for us all to read together. And so last month we went through the book of Proverbs and the book of Proverbs talks about gossip all the time. And it was already something that I was trying to work through because I knew that that is not a good representation of me. It's not a good representation of Christ. And so knowing that that is a thing and then reading Proverbs in conjunction, I was like, huh, this is really something that I know is a problem for a lot of people, especially women. I think men are kind of like, whatever, men can definitely gossip as well. But I know between women, we love to slander each other. And it's really ugly. It's a really ugly characteristic. It's an ugly trait for all of us to have. And I just want to share some Bible verses that are speaking about this. So Proverbs 16, 28 says, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. Proverbs eleven thirteen says, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. And um, that's so freaking true. Both of those, of, co- of course it's true because it's biblical. Listen guys, Janine and I have been married for six months. And the reason why it is a beautiful marriage, it's because of Thrive Market. Thrive Market, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. 
We genuinely love you so much because of Thrive Market. We're able to save so much time through ordering all our grocery and household essentials through the app or website. Uh, Guys, it's just a huge stress relief. And you guys also know I have gut issues, like really, really, really bad. So finding, you know, food with top quality ingredients is super crucial for me. And Thrive Market not only does that, but they restrict over a thousand harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup, and a lot more. And guys, when if you're parents and you have you need to find an organic kid snack, they have low sugar alternatives and high protein essentials. Jenny and I are also training for our marathon, so it is so beneficial that we can find all of our protein options and snacks through Thrive Market. And guys, save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash healthy for 30% off your order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash healthy, thrivemarket.com slash healthy. So when you are whispering about your friend and you're telling something that your friend told you to somebody else that has no business knowing that, you are literally betraying your friend. It says a gossip betrays a confidence but a trustworthy friend keeps a secret. Now within gossip, there's like a different thing. Like say your friend is saying that, Hey, I may want to unalive myself or I'm an abusive relationship. That's a different situation where you might need to tell somebody, but you still need to be careful who you tell that information to what you do with that information. Because if your friend tells you something and they're like, Hey, you promise you won't tell anybody. And then you're like, yeah, 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 of course I promise. And then you go and tell somebody else, like you just betrayed your friend you just became a woman, not of her word. And so that's something I've been thinking about a ton because like I said, it's such a low hanging fruit. Like when you maybe don't know what to talk about with a friend, you opt to just talk about somebody else. And I actually about two months ago said this to one of my friends where I was like, Hey dude, like I've noticed that you and I only talk about other people. And that is not something that I enjoy. It's not a pretty trait. There's so many other beneficial things that we could talk about, about learning more about each other and what each other is going through and praying. I was like, so I basically called it out. I was like, I don't want to talk to you only about other people. And so it's been something that in my other friendships I don't do, but it was like a one specific friend that I would continually gossip with. And I was like, I don't like that. Like, I don't want to be a woman that, gossips because the truth of the matter is like and we people always say this but it is kind of true if you are gossiping about someone else to that friend she's gossiping about you to somebody else so I was like wait a minute like let me think about that because I don't want to be that type of woman and so I kind of nipped it in the butt and was like I don't want to be a gossipy woman and so it's hard because sometimes I'll still find myself like getting the temptation to be like okay, but did you hear about so-and-so? And I really have to fight that because I just don't think that that distributes good godly character. I do think there's a difference between like discussing things and kind of like letting someone in that they can pray for you and encourage you. But if you're just going to just be like, oh my gosh, did you hear about Karen and her boyfriend breaking up? Like that's a difference. But there are sometimes times when I need to confide in a friend and I only confide in that one friend to be like, what do I need to do about this? Or my community group, which I'll talk about later, my small group. And, um, and I still try not to drop names because I don't want them to think poorly about the other person. Because the problem is that if you go and you say like, oh, you know, I'm trying to think of pseudo names. (laughs) Um, Jenny, 
Jenny really, she did this and she said that and she da da da. And then you're bashing this person to your friend. And then that friend hasn't met Jenny yet. And so then your friend meets Jenny and instantly that person already has a negative idea or connotation about Jenny before even knowing Jenny's story, before even getting to know Jenny. So that's like kind of the problem with gossip is that we're slandering someone else's reputation without even giving them the chance to show this person who they are. Now, a different thing when maybe that, you know, now your friend Sally meets Jenny and she's like, okay, yeah, I can see what you're saying because that person kind of confirmed what you're saying. But at least like let the person come to that conclusion and that judgment on themselves. There's been so many times where it's been very hard for me or like I want to be like, slandering the person's character because maybe I'm jealous. That's the thing is like a lot of the times it comes from jealousy. It comes from an ugly place in your heart, which is why I'm saying it's more of a poor reflection on you than it is on the other person. It's like when someone comments a hate comment on your Instagram and they're like, you're fat and you're stupid and you idiot, blah, blah, blah. Like that's a poor reflection on you than it is on me. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Maybe I do stink that day or maybe I do need to work on something, but like for you to go and slander somebody is an ugly reflection and representation of you more than it is on the actual person. See what I'm saying? And so it's just not fair. It betrays confidence. It causes tension. It causes your friend to want to be like, I never will trust you again. And so that's something that Maddie and I have been very good about. My best friend Riley and I have been really good about And like a lot of my other friends and like my community group, like we really don't gossip. We really don't. And it's genuinely so cool because instead of gossiping, we, um, we talk about so many other different things, like things that are actually beneficial and fruitful in each other's lives. And we edify each other. We encourage each other. And so it's just been something I've been thinking about a lot because, um, I've seen a lot of women do this. And because of that, it has absolutely ruined friendships. It's absolutely ruined friend groups. It ruins people's reputation. It causes someone to maybe dislike someone that they wouldn't have otherwise because of what the person is saying about them. And it's just not fair. So that's just been something I've been thinking about. And um, this verse, Proverbs 26, 20 through 22 says, for a lack of wood, the fire goes out where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. Exactly. So it's basically talking about how like you gossip cannot continue if you don't continue to gossip. The only way that continuing the only way that gossip is going to continue is if you keep adding wood to that fire. So it's using that as a, as a metaphor for gossip is like gossip is like, uh, adding wood to a fire. If you keep adding that wood or adding secrets or adding whispering, yeah, that fire is going to continue to grow. The only way that that fire dies out is by not gossiping, you know? So just think about it like that. And if you do need to like process through something, process through like a very safe trusted friend like Maddie has been like that friend for me but even then I never try to go to her and be like oh she said such and such and she did this it's more like hey I'm struggling with this what do you think and then Maddie will go back to me and be like well you should probably talk to the person you know you should probably go to them if this is something that's genuinely bothering you and always aiming for conflict resolution or reconciliation so something to think about okay the next thing that I want to talk about that I've been thinking about is selfishness And I've been thinking about this a lot because I know that I'm a selfish person. And I think deep down inside, everybody is a selfish person. But it's something that I have genuinely strived for to change because when I was younger, I was so insanely selfish. And my family called me out on that all the time. You're so selfish. You're so selfish. Now, for me, the reason why that was, was because growing up in a family of seven, and I'm not trying to make justifications, but this is genuinely how I feel. 
Growing up in a family of seven, I never had something that was my own. I always had to share. It was always hand-me-downs. Whenever my mom would get us a candy bar, split it with your sisters. You got a sandwich, split it with your sisters. Like you always had to share. Anytime I wanted to go do my own thing, my mom was like, nope, your sisters need to go with you. So like from childhood, I was trained that I need to share, 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 share. Nothing can be your own. So when I got older and when I started to make money and when I started to get my own housing and my own car and my own lifestyle, my own clothing, it was still instilled in me by my parents and my family and my siblings. Like you need to share, but everything within me was like, no, frick that I'm not sharing. I don't care. Like I'm going to go do my own thing because this is my hard earned money, my hard earned clothing, my hard earned blah, 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 blah. So there was a time period where I was extremely selfish and I'm not proud to admit that, but it's true. Sorry, I just need a sip of my water. So then as I got older, I got called out for my selfishness a ton by friends and by my family. And I was like, okay, I am going to not be selfish at all. I'm going to share. People are going to come over. They're going to eat my food, use my clothing, use my car. Like I literally was like, I'm going to go the polar opposite. But then that swung to like a lack of no boundaries where like people would take advantage of things and use things and stay whenever they wanted and like, Then there ended up being no boundaries where then I would become resentful because I would be like, you're just frilly willy nilly using my things and taking things and you don't really care and you're not even being grateful. So then I would start to get resentful. That's also the problem. You've got to find the balance of knowing when to say no and when like no is a no and when you've hit your limit because as an Enneagram 2, which I am not trying to be like, yay, that's my identity, like tarot cards, you know, like not even tarot cards. Uh, that's not what I meant to say. So sorry. I do not believe and support those, um, astrology signs or whatever. Like I'm not like, yay, I'm an Aries. So that's why like, that's generally not, but I do think it's a good, it's a good marker to kind of help you understand why you do what you do. So me being a little too, which is the helper, I love to help and I love to give. But then the problem is that you start to get taken advantage of because you're helping, 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 helping. And then people are like, oh my gosh, she's so giving. She's so loving. She's so kind. But then you start to be like, well, Aren't you going to give it back? So it's like every one of us, even though we might be like, I'm really, really selfless, you still are a little bit selfish inside, deep down inside. You still want people to give things back to you. And um, I do think there is a balance because I do think it would be weird and wrong if a friend kept giving, 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 and you just kept taking, 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 never reciprocating. I think that would be a little bit weird because there are some friendships where maybe your friend expects that. And I just think that's wrong. I think that friendships should genuinely have no expectations because it makes the friendship healthier, more safe and less, you know, less burdensome and less like exhausting because you're not expecting things. That was the weirdest sound that ever came out of my mouth. So sorry. So the friendships that tend to have like, no, we need to share everything. We need to do everything are the friendships that I tend to feel a little bit exhausted by because I do think you need to have some boundaries. I do think that you need to have some ways that you can say no and the person accept the fact that you've said no. However, when you get to marriage, this is where you start to see selfish, self, your selfishness really manifest. And a lot of the problems today that I find and a lot of the things that we deal with are because of selfishness and us being so self-consumed. And I'll get to that. But when you're dating, you can still be a little bit selfish. And when you're in singleness, you can be extra selfish. 
And whenever I talk about singleness, I always try to encourage people, go help people, still be in a community group, go serve at your church, help your community, like whatever. Because otherwise, when you get to marriage, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing ever. Why is this so hard not to share everything with this person? And you're absolutely right. It's going to be hard because you've been training for selfishness your entire life. And so I think a lot of the problems that we deal with in marriage are not married people problems. They're single people problems. They're the things that you didn't deal with in your singleness, your selfishness, your fears, your anxieties, whatever, which different podcasts. But I've been reading this book called Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. And he's talking about this a lot of the times of how like a lot of people aren't aren't as selfish as they think they are until they get to marriage because marriage is basically holding up a mirror of all the things that you deal with, the reflection of who you really truly are and being like, look at what you really are and what you're really dealing with. So it's almost like you want to deal with the selfless, the selfishness that you're dealing with now because then you're going to get to marriage and have a very, very rude awakening. And that's what this book is talking about. And it's a lot of what my married friends have told me is they're like, man, I did not realize how selfish I was until I got to marriage. And even dating Caleb, I realized how selfish I am. Like, I'm like, no, I want it my way. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. You're not going to tell me. You're not going to control me. You know, yada, yada, yada. Because I've been single and I've been training for 29 years to not train for marriage necessarily. Because, you know, I've been single and I've had periods of being single and then dating, but it never led to marriage to where, like, I've been training for 29 years essentially to have my way or the highway. And I'm like, oh, you can't continually do that. Like, that's not fair. Like, that's not going to work. That's not going to last within marriage. And so I think that's something that I've been really thinking through and learning is like, dating is training for marriage. Singleness is training for marriage. If you want to have a healthy marriage, you've got to work on the tools now. It's like you're expecting to go in marriage with no tools in your belt and expecting that all those tools are just magically going to show up and work and you're going to know how to use them. It's like, no, you've got to work with those tools now, like exercise the fruit of the spirit. Now exercise control, patience, self-control, forgiveness, love, kindness, gentleness, you know, forbearance, all the things like you've got to exercise those now. And I realize in dating, I'm selfish. Like for example, Caleb goes to my pantry and takes a protein bar out of my, my thing, my, my pantry. And it's my favorite go macro bars. Like go macro bars are elite go macro bars. You know what? I just love them. I would rate them five out of five if I could, which I probably could on Yelp. And so Caleb goes to my pantry and he is like, Ooh, go macro bar. And he goes and takes one. And I'm like, I like smack his hand. I'm like, excuse me. And he's like, what? And I'm like, those are my go macro bars. And it like rude awakening where I'm like, whoa, I am selfish. And it's like, it's a dang go macro bar, Janine. Like, let it freaking go. Give him the bar. You can buy another one. It was $3. Like, you're not suffering, you know? But it's crazy because that's a representation of the way I view a lot of other things. It's like, no, that's my car. That's my house. That's my money. But when you get married... You forsake the right of privacy. You forsake the right of owning things that are personally just yours. You forsake the right. And I know that's why a lot of people are scared, but it's like, no, there's beauty in that. There's, there's something that's so God ordained in that. And so by reading this book and by thinking about that and by dating Caleb, I'm like, dang, I am selfish. And I've worked so hard to be better at this. Like genuinely, I've become a way more giving person money-wise, time-wise, but I realize there's still so much more that I could do. And, um, something that I did two weeks ago was 
my friend was having a bad day and I was like, okay, you know what? I want to go and I want to make her day better. So I went and bought her flowers and I bought her a little drink and I went and just checked up on her. And it felt really good to do that because I was like, man, I really want to be known as somebody that's known for being loving and kind and selfless and lays her life down for people. Because the Bible even says this in Mark 12, 31, it says that the second commandment after loving God first is to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. So to love someone as yourself. So it's like, you've really got to look at people as the way that you view yourself. It's like, yeah, Caleb wants to go macro bar too. Like he's also hungry. My friend, whatever she was having a bad day, it's like, I would want someone to do that for me when I'm having a bad day, you know? So it's like, look at people the way that you would look at yourself and be like, what would I wish that someone would do for me right now? What is something that I would want and want right now or something that I would need right now? Yeah, they want that too. They want that as well. Like it would be kind to do that as well. In 1 Corinthians 10, 24, it says that no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And um, that's something I have to truly think about because as humans, we are born into a world of sin and selfishness. From the very beginning, from day one, babies and toddlers are selfish. The first word that we learn is my, 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 mine, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. So it does not come easy, but it is something that 100% we should strive for. Something 100% we should absolutely try to prune and refine is selfishness because it's ugly. And when you, maybe you can think of that person in your head right now that you know is pretty selfish. You don't think very highly of them. You're like, they are so selfish. I don't want to be that. And I don't think that my friends would really call me selfish, but there's some people that might, or my family might call me selfish, or maybe occasionally Caleb is like, dang Jay, you're being selfish. And I don't want to be like that. Like I really want to work on that and prune that and change that you know, even before getting into marriage, because it doesn't magically go away in marriage. It actually gets harder in marriage. So I want to work on that now. And just to close out on this point, a lot of the problems that we have today are because we are so self-consumed. I think a lot of the times when we are full of anxiety or fear or we're anxious or we're just like my problems and my life and everything sucks and you're going through a whole mood and you're like down on yourself, it's because you're so self-focused. When I think about all the times, like last week I was having a pretty rough week. And uh, when I think when I think back on it, I'm like, yeah, that's because all the problems were about you. Like you were self-loathing. You were like, everyone hates me and da-da-da. Like, you know what I mean? So I try to now think like, okay, what can I do to reshift the energy back off of me and onto someone else? Because I really do think that makes your day so much better. It makes your mood better. It just genuinely helps so much when you can think of other people and make their, their day better and not be so self-consumed. So just something that I think we should think about is that blessing others blesses yourself. That is point two. Point three, this one is one I'm still working on and it's still something that I don't have fully fleshed out, but who you take advice from and people pleasing. Now I have found lately that people pleasing or anxiety about people's opinions are really weighing on me. And I talked about this in my Q&A episode. And it's something that I'm really genuinely trying to find freedom from. I Like again, all these things, it's really cool because all these points I can genuinely say I have made so much progress in. When I look back at my like younger 20s, because I'm 29 now, oh my gosh. When I look back at my younger 20s, I severely struggled with all of these, especially people pleasing because people pleasing was the reason why I conformed and morphed myself to look like all these other people because I wanted to be liked. Now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, whatever, don't like me, don't really care. But there's still something deep down inside of us that we just want to be liked. We want people to affirm us, applause us, applaud us, um, 
you know, like us, tell us we're pretty, we're cool, we're funny, we're good, we're doing great things. Like, we just want people to like us. But the problem is that that keeps you in bondage when we live for the approval of man, especially as a Christian. When you live for the approval of man, you are laying a snare for yourself, which is what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 25. It says that the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So it's talking about how when you fear man and fear man only, you are laying a snare, which a snare is a trap. You're, it's a, you're putting yourself in bondage. You're enslaving yourself. You're trapping yourself because you'll never win. It's a game you will never win. People will not always like you. Friends will disown you. Friends will betray you. People will gossip about you. People on your Instagram won't like you. People are going to hate on you. Whatever. Like, you'll never win the game, truly. But it says that whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Because if you reshift your mindset to be like, God, I want to only please you. You are the only person that I want to please. Please. You are the only person that I want to please. Then you will be safe. Because when you only live for God's approval, then like people's opinions don't matter. Because the thing is, as a Christian, when you are doing things that are counterculture, people are always going to have something to say. And I'll talk about this later at the end of this episode because people are always going to have something to say. They don't, they're not going to like you. They're not going to agree. They're going to be like, why is she doing this? She's weird. She's this, blah, 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 whatever. But when you're like, no, God, I am only here to serve you and seek you and to be a master or to be a servant of you, God, and you be my master, then that's what matters, right? But I have found myself when I find that someone has made a comment about me or an opinion or I hear about it, I get so much anxiety. Like it just like spirals. And um, something I didn't talk about recently is I've been actually going back to count, to counseling. I've been in counseling for about a month and a half. It's been so good. Um, just trying to work through some things. And like one of the things I wanted to talk to her about was this weird people pleasing thing. And I'm like, what is going on in this? I'm like, can you help me? And I think a lot of this comes from um, the thoughts that we have because I think it's not really like people are disapproving of you or people don't like you or people are saying something about you. It's that you are believing a lie and you're giving people's words way too much weight over than the word of God and who God says that you are. And so when someone's opinions don't match up with what God says or whom you think you are, yeah, you're going to spiral. And I, I have to really go back and address the thought and address the lie and address the root of like what's going on. And I think all of us have to do that because if this is something you struggle with as well, you're going to be having, you're going to have to go back and be like, why does this bother me that much? And for me, it's because it comes and stems from like another lie or something that has been reaffirmed over me, maybe consistently in my past. Or I also just genuinely struggle when people don't like me. So if I feel like someone doesn't like me, I'm going to freak out. Or if people disapprove of something I'm doing, yeah, I kind of freak out. But I have to always try to remind myself of the truth of God and be like, why do you care that much? Like, if God approves of this, then why does it matter if the other people disapprove or approve? But as humans, like, we just want that. Like, we want that stamp of approval. But the thing is, the problem is when we are trying to get that, that stamp of approval from people who don't really matter, which is what I was going to say, like, who you take advice from. Because... When I go back to my best friends that genuinely know me and they know my relationship and my life and what's going on and the things I'm going through, when I go to them, that those are the people that I genuinely want their honest feedback, their opinions. Like, I want to know from them, like, what do you think? 
And if they are the people that are like, no, we see this being okay, or like maybe you could work on this, or this is where I see you falling short, but I want to call you higher. Those are the people that I want to go to and get true counsel and wisdom from. So the problem is we let people that don't really matter, or that don't really know us, that have don't have equity in our lives to speak into these things. So that's what I'm trying to work through. And those are things that I want to encourage you to do is like, does this person genuinely matter to me? Does their opinion matter to me? Or am I just trying to people please and just get them to like me just because I want people to like me? Because yeah, there is this weird, um, upsetting, you know, kind of feeling and tension when you're like, oh man, I know this person doesn't like me. And I've seen myself do this. When you know someone doesn't like you, but you're not really besties with them, you try to like reach out or you try to comment on their stuff more. You try to make them like you. You try to like da, 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 because you're trying to get them back to like you. But the thing is you're playing a game. Like you're not really being authentic. And I think that's kind of where the problem is, is like you're trying to make this person like you because, and you're trying to like schmooze them and sweet talk them because you just want them to like you. When like, it's okay that not everybody likes you. And it's almost like disingenuous or inauthentic that you're trying to make them like you or you're going and trying to schmooze them just because you are uncomfortable with them not liking something you did. So it's just something I've been talking about and thinking about. And I'm like, huh, interesting. And something that, you know, Maddie and I have been just discussing is because she's been helping me. She's like, okay, like the people that maybe don't like you or gossiping about you or that are giving these feedback, whatever. She's like, are these people that you genuinely want to do life with? Are these people that you genuinely want to be friends with? And if I'm like, if I'm kind of like, not really, then she's like, then why does it matter? And I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right. So it's like, I kind of have to be okay with not being okay. I have to kind of be okay with knowing that maybe someone doesn't like me. Now, the difference is like, you always want to aim again, like I said, for reconciliation and healthy conflict if there is genuinely a problem. But sometimes people are just not going to like you. And it's kind of like, can you sit in that? Can you be okay with that? Right? And so when you or trying to navigate people pleasing and opinions, it's like, yeah, you want to go to the right people. Obviously, like I always want to encourage you guys is wisdom, like seek counsel, seek wisdom, still process through this with a counselor, a friend, a mentor, a parent, whatever, because the Bible is super clear about wisdom and learning. It says in Proverbs 1, 5, a wise man will hear and will increase his learning and wisdom, but a man and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. So if you're struggling with this or you're genuinely trying to understand you know, like what to do about something, or if you're, um, trying to process through something and you, maybe you're just getting the wrong counselor. This person's making you feel pretty bad. Maybe that's not the person that you should be asking counsel from. So there's this like little list that I found online and I thought it was pretty good that I'm going to read to you guys. And it says below are some of the characteristics of someone to seek out for guidance and wise counsel. Someone that is genuinely concerned from you and either knows or is willing to learn about your background. That is a great point. Number two, known to be biblically sound, spiritually mature, and aware of their own blind spots. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Number three, skilled at listening and asking good questions. Number four, somewhat experienced, knowledgeable, or trained in the area that you are seeking counseling in. So, i.e., using experienced professional when making career choices or decisions. This is such a good point. Number five, expresses confidentiality and uses discretion. Exactly, this goes back to the gossiping point. Uh, I think this is six exemplifies humility and gentleness yet loves you enough to tell you the truth where you may be in or where you may be interpreting situations in error, even if it hurts. So good. Number seven provides an honest opinion is discreet when necessary. And number eight, able to be objective in the situation. That is like the most amazing list. hundred percent agree. Hope, hopefully you guys can find this as well. 
in a person. Okay, so that is number three on things that I'm thinking through. (laughs) Number four is in conjunction with kind of all of these, but my number four is being alone too much and being in your thoughts. So the reason why I've been thinking about this is that I've been living alone for six months now and it's been so fun. I've been like, yay, I love it. Like my, my old roommate's room is now my podcast studio, which is so fun because originally I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to go like pay for a podcast studio. And I was kind of worried about that. But now this room serves as my podcast studio, which is so freaking fun. So I've been living alone now for almost six months and it's been so fun. I've been thriving. I've been hosting. It's easier when I'm dating, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm starting to see the consequences of being alone too much. And I made a whole podcast on this and I I want you guys to go listen to this. I think that was in season two or three, but it's called uh, the difference between being alone and being in isolation or something or being lonely versus isolated. Maybe check that out. I don't remember the, the exact name of it. But now I'm starting to see what being alone too much does because when I was talking about like the thoughts and the anxieties and worrying about what people think about me, blah, blah, blah. Like I've noticed that I've become more self-consumed, more selfish, more um, anxious and just kind of getting an uglier heart. When I started to think about this, I was like, why am I like this? And I'm just being like so vulnerable in this podcast with y'all, like all the things I'm kind of processing through, processing through and struggling with, because I can guarantee you there's other women out there struggling with the same thing. So I've talked about in the past podcast of like how I do think that being alone and living alone for a season is really good, but to not stay there too long, because even when you live alone, like it does breed for more selfishness. It breeds the ground of more, um, maybe pride or self-consent, self-consumption or, uh, like I was saying, just being selfish because the world in your house revolves around you. Everything's about you, 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 my house, my routine, my cleanliness, my comfort, whatever. So I'm starting to notice that like, um, I am kind of getting like that. And I was like, why am I like feeling all these thoughts and feeling this way? And it's because I don't have someone consistently to bounce these ideas off of anymore. And when you live with somebody, you are fully known. Like everything about you is exposed. They know your, you know, cleaning habits. They know your tendencies. They know your um, hangups, your hurts, your habits. I mean, they know all the things. And so you can't really hide. But then when you're alone, you can kind of hide and you can kind of play the game as long as you want. So when I wasn't in a community group for a while, because I just joined a community group maybe a month and a half ago, like I said, now I'm starting to feel more fully known. And I'm starting to see that that is the benefit of a Bible study. And it took me so long to find the right one. And I'm finally in one and I'm like very thankful. And I, gosh, I so encourage people to get in community groups because we meet every single Wednesday. We process through thoughts. Like, and it's weird because once you get out of the habit of sharing these thoughts, once you get out of the habit of confiding or being vulnerable or sharing, you get out of the rhythm and the routine and then you're scared to do it. Because in the beginning of in this Bible study, I was like, I'm not going to share anything. They're going to judge me. They're going to gossip about me. So I like was like, miss like had her walls up. I was like, nope, no one's breaking these walls down. Like, bye-bye, you know? And I bobbed the builder over there building my walls. And, um, but then like I slowly but surely started to like let them in. And then they started to be like, Jay, like we care about you. Like we want to help you. And I'm like, you do? So, I've realized that being alone is pretty detrimental. And this is not a groundbreaking epiphany because I've known this, but it's like, I'm just re-experiencing this because I'm now seeing that consistently being alone is not good for you. It's just not. 
And I don't know what I'm going to do forward. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get a roommate or not or whatever, just because I don't know what life's going to be in the next coming year. But it's just an encouragement and something for us all to think about is that being alone is very detrimental to your mental health. We're supposed to be in community. We're supposed to be walking along other believers to help them bounce these things off of us that the lies that we're believing, the things that we're struggling in, like it's very hard to do on your own. And so now I'm starting to see that manifest in my life. And I'm like, wow, I need a roommate. I need people. And like, yes, I have Caleb. Caleb comes over almost every single day, which is so great. But I also feel like I still need women. Like your boyfriend cannot replace your, your, your godly wisdom, your, your godly women in your life. Like they just cannot. And so I'm working through a counselor with that, but also just like calling mentors and calling my best friends and being more consistent on that of like sharing the things that I'm struggling with. Because when you don't, you be, you create this routine and this habit of not being vulnerable and then you start to suffer alone. And then that's when the enemy starts to really work in your life because like you let this, this lie or this thought run rampant in your head. And the next thing you know, you're man, it's manifesting in a really ugly way. And you're like, how did I get here? Why do I feel like this? Why do I hate myself? Why does my life suck? Blah, blah, blah. Like whatever the case may be for you, but it's showing me that like, oh, this is why God is saying, yeah, like two are better than one. And in Genesis 2, 18, it says that the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So he made Eve. God has been saying this from freaking day one from chapter two, that it is not good for us to be alone because now I'm seeing it. I'm like, yeah, you're right, God, you were right. I'm seeing it. It says it's in Proverbs 18, one, uh, one who has isolated himself seeks his own desires. He rejects all sound judgment. So like, it's just proof. Like when you are isolated, you make poor decisions. You think things sound okay. You think things are good because you're isolated. You have no one to bounce it off of. So we need to be consistently in community and not make, make a decision or make opinions or form things on your own. And Ecclesiastics 4, 9 through 10, it says that two are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls then the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And I'm seeing that y'all like, I'm like, dang, like being alone is not good. And another verse for, for this is Ecclesiastes 4, 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, conquer. Three are even better, which is this saying that two people with God for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So just let it to be a reminder, be fully known, be vulnerable, let people in, do not suffer alone, do not fight alone, live with roommates if you can. I'm going to start processing that of like, what do I want to do? Um, and also just, even if I don't get a roommate, just consistently meeting with this counselor, but also consistently letting my friends in of what's going on and meeting with my Bible study has been Gosh, just so beautiful and bringing things in the darkness that you've been thinking or things that you're like, no, they can't No, bring it into the light because that is where you find freedom. Okay. Number five. And, uh, I'm a little nervous to talk about this one. Not going to lie. I'm just a little nervous, but we're going to do it. The church today and standing firm and Christians being judgmental. Now this is something I just like slightly want to talk about because I am, seen this just all over social media, I've even seen it in my own life, is just Christians judging other Christians. Now, uh, biblically, we are allowed to call out our brothers and sisters in Christ because a lot of people want to be like, no, we can't judge anybody. But the Bible is like, no, like we are allowed to reproof and correct our brothers and sisters in Christ because if someone is stumbling 
you don't want them to continue to stumble. Like we're allowed to do that. Now, Christians judging, judging non-believers might be different because they're not walking with the, with God the way that we are, but, or non-Christians judging Christians, that's also kind of difficult, but typically Christians are allowed to judge Christians. However, it can be done in a correct way. You don't want to go and be like, you're a sinner and you fake devil worshiper, blah, blah. Like I've just seen Christians do this and, um, I'm not okay with that. Like, I don't know. Like, for example, there's been a lot of controversy, controversy around Todd Michael at Transformation Church. Now, I don't agree with everything this man says. I don't. And I stopped watching his stuff a long time ago. I don't really believe, I don't really support his teachings very much. And But I stopped watching this guy a long, long, long time ago. But I don't want to be over here like casting stones, like he sucks, he's a devil worshiper, blah, blah, blah. However, I do want people to be careful because the Bible does talk about how in the end times there will be people who are lovers of themselves, lovers of money, you know, proclaiming that they know God, but really having nothing to do with God's works, like, there's, there's a lot of scripture to kind of back this up, but I don't know what's in his heart. I don't know what he's going through. However, what you are preaching on stage, it does matter because he does have the power to lead people to the Lord or lead people to more confusion. To me, it seems like he's a little bit confused. It seems like he's really loving the fame and the money and the power. But again, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I want to pray for him and, and hope that whatever's going there is getting cleared out or that he has good accountability because I'm really tired of seeing pastors fall. I'm really tired of seeing Christian leaders make these mistakes because they're not being held accountable or they're compromising. So that's the thing is like, I know that now I'm held double accountable. I'm held to a higher standard. I know that people see me as this Christian influencer and a Christian speaker and a teacher and a leader and all the things, which Great. You know, I never, I never thought this would be my life, but it's like, that's where I am now. And so I am held responsible and more accountable for that. But I just feel like sometimes Christians are some of the meanest people. And I am not blanket state. I'm not blanket statementing, statementing, statementing this because, you know, like I said, we are allowed to call each other out higher, but the way you go about it has to be right and biblical. So for example, I, I didn't really know if I wanted to talk about this or not, but I'm going to talk about it because last weekend I went to the Taylor Swift concert with Tarte Cosmetics, which I have their little water bottle and I've loved working with Tarte and it's been a brand I've loved working with and it's literally nothing that they did, but they invited me and I've never been a big Taylor Swift fan, to be honest. I've never been one. I like her songs here and there, but I've never been like a Swifty, I guess you could say. So I get invited to the concert. I kind of made it like you know, like I didn't really state, like, I don't really listen to her, but I go and I posted that I was there and I was picking out an outfit and I posted on my Instagram of me, like showing you guys my outfit options. And I mean, I got flamed. Like I got absolutely roasted for wearing a, I didn't even wear it. I was just showing like this option. It was like a shirt that had like a tiny little triangle cut out of my stomach and people being like, you know, you proclaim modesty and you say all these things and People being like, why would you go, why, why would you go listen to this devil worshiper? She's satanic. She's in a cult. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, what the? And so it kind of caught me, caught me off guard because maybe in my mind I was being naive and I'm like, I'm just going to the Taylor Swift concert, whatever, you know? And, uh, people are like, you're a Christian and why would you promote this? And you're a bad influencer. And I'm like, oh my God, what the frick? Like, I'm like, that's not, never was my intention. Because I don't really promote secular music, like hardly ever. Like maybe the one band that I use is Arizona because I don't think that they're like a gross band. Like I genuinely love that band. 
So I go to the concert and I, I was just like, whatever, let me go to the concert. And maybe I should have thought more about it. Truly. Like, but I didn't, I don't listen to her music. I didn't know what was going on in her music. And some people were like, Hey, she's satanic. There's things in her concert that are satanic. And I'm like, great. You're right. Like, I don't want to be promoting that. But also like we, again, we don't fully know what's going on. Of course we should be eyes open. We shouldn't be making justifications. We should be careful. We should be, I should be careful not promoting things that maybe aren't godly. And so in my mind, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to a concert, but people flamed me. Like people roasted me. And I had honestly like so much other content that I thought about posting. And when I saw the lashback, I was like, it's not even worth it to me. Like not even just because I was like scared, but I was just like, it's not worth it to me. Like I don't listen to Taylor Swift enough to want to post about the concert, but just the way that I think people went about it was just wrong. People arguing back and forth and calling each other out and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I would appreciate if someone could like just DM me and be like, Hey, just be careful. Use your discernment wisdom. Hey, watch out for this. Like I have people that actually do that. And I genuinely like really, really appreciate it. Like one time I was watching this show on Netflix and someone DM me and they're like, Hey, just think about this. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. Like, thank you for convicting me. Like you're allowed to do that. But when people go and they start to like name call you and pick them apart and say this and you're devil worship and you're a false teacher, da da da. Like we throw these words around. We're like trying to be holier than thou. It's like we've got to be careful because the same judgment that you're throwing at someone else, like you will get back to. And it's not me trying to be excused. It's not me trying to justify. It's not me trying to get off the hook because I'm aware. Yes, I am held to a higher calling or standard or whatever. I don't even think I'm better than anybody. But because I have a platform, because I am teaching the word. I'm a Christian on the internet. Yes, I do need to be more careful. I don't know. It was just something that I was kind of like, huh, this is interesting. But I am someone that's going to err on the side of caution, err on the side of living above reproach. You know, the Bible even says that be careful for even the appearance of sin. Like, I don't even want to give people the thought of like me entertaining sin or me thinking like, oh, it's okay to do this, but being a Christian, like I'm not even talking about Taylor Swift in general, just in general with like different sins or struggles. Like, I don't want to be like, well, you know what? I'm saved by grace. Like it is the the book the book that I was telling you guys about earlier, the um, Grace and Truth Paradox. This is a great book that talks about this because I think a lot of us are kind of getting this wrong. Like, a lot of people are just like truth, 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 and then some people are like, no, grace, 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 grace. And that's where I see a lot of the churches getting it wrong and people getting it wrong is that some people want to err on the side of caution and like I'll read this actually this chapter in there because I'll read a page in this this is something that I'm just wrestling through and processing through of like okay like how do we do this you know so um let me find this chapter and I'll just read this to you guys and you can kind of see what you think about this because this is kind of what I'm processing through um okay so people okay so when he when God or when Jesus ascended back into the wide blue heaven he left God's Shenica glory the visible manifestation of God's presence on earth we Christians become his living temples, the new holy of holies. People had only to look at Jesus to see what God is like. But people today should only have to look at us to see what Jesus is like, for better or for worse. They'll draw conclusions about Christ from what they see in us. If we fail the grace test, we will fail to be Christ-like. If we fail the truth test, we will fail to be Christ-like. If we pass both tests, we're like Jesus. A grace-starved, truth-starved world needs Jesus, full of grace and truth. So what does this hungry world see when it looks at us? Um, and so this is kind of like what I'm processing through of like, dang, how do you do this paradox? Which is why I love this book. Because 
like the Bible does say in Matthew 7 that we will know people by their fruits. It says in Matthew 7, 15, beware of false prophets who come into sh- in, come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes, thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. Therefore, by the fruits, you will know them. So that's the thing is like, I think we should be looking at the fruit of people's lives. And what's scary about this, and this is a whole another episode and podcast, is that a lot of people can manufacture some of these fruits. But the problem is that these, if the fruit is not built on the foundation of God, or if it's not backed up by God, that foundation is going to fail. Like, that's why I think a lot of the people that are failing or struggling are going through this is because they're starting at some point, they started to build a foundation on themselves. They started to elevate themselves. They started to replace, um, worshiping God versus worshiping the gifts that God gave them. You know, like there, there, there's a Bible verse today that I was reading. Well, let me read it really fast because I read about this today in John 12 and I was like, dang, Zaddy, that is good. You know? So hold on, let me find it because I thought it was really good. This is the verse. It is John 12, 43. And it says that for they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And that's where I think that we could get dangerous is that a lot of people, they get the fame and the power and they're like, I'm a Christian and I'm a believer. And then they, they start to compromise on who they are because they're now again living for the man, man's approval, which is what I'm talking about in this podcast. And um, so they replace the glory that they get from God for glory from man. And that's where it becomes a slippery, slippery slope. And where we start to see people struggle is because that's what we're doing. And that's a very, very dangerous game to play. And so I want people to know me by my fruit, see the fruit in my life and know that like, I genuinely am someone that wants to serve and seek God in everything that I do. My private times are the areas where I want to consistently maintain integrity. I want to read the word. I want to know God. I want to pray to God. I want to honor him. I want to seek him no matter what I do. I don't want to be on stage preaching things that I'm not practicing myself. And so I think that's where like, I just hope that people see my heart and know that when maybe I do slip up, yes, you can call me higher, but please be be, you know, kinder about it because it does hurt. You know, it definitely does hurt. But also at some points, like, yeah, we do have to, like I said, wait and look for the fruit. And if we don't see the fruit, then we got to probably question the teacher and question like, are they genuinely seeking God? And so when we're processing all these people on stage and pastors and teachers, it's like, okay, let's look for the fruit. Let's look for what's going on in their life. Because a lot of the times people are when they think of fruit, they're thinking that their church is growing and it's getting more money and there's more followers and fame and books and deals. And it's like, that's not really it. The fruit of the spirit is like I said, gentleness, patience, kindness, um, loving, love, self-control, like peace, like all those things, like those are fruits of the spirit. Those are the fruits of the people. And so it's like, are we getting that? Are we looking more like Jesus or are we trying to make ourselves become Jesus? Are we trying to become the Jesus where people worship us? And so this is a whole other conversation. I know I'm becoming kind of confusing in this, but it's just something that I've been processing through a ton as I'm seeing pastors wrestle through things, me wrestle through things, me um, get called out of my own stuff. And so I never went to the Taylor Swift concert knowing that I would get so much lashback, but I understand. It's like, I understand why people did that, but also it was kind of a bummer knowing that like, I didn't really listen to her. Like even when I was there, I noticed some very fishy things where I was like, I don't like this. Like she was holding these like weird, like, 
glowy magic looking balls. And I was like, nope. And I like turned around and I was like, I rebuked this. Like, I didn't like that. And there were snakes everywhere. And I was like, nope, don't like this either. And so I did end up leaving an hour early from the concert. I stayed most of the time, but I did end up leaving hour an hour early um, because it was a Sunday night and because um, I wanted to not wait for three hours of traffic because everyone told me that if you leave at 11, you won't get home till two or three in the morning. And I was like, yikes. And also me not being someone that was a massive Taylor Swift fan, I did leave early. Now, I understand that that is not maybe fair for some people that are a massive Taylor Swift fan. They love her and were like probably upset at me for leaving early, which I totally understand that. I just, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what else to say because I did go with the brand. I was seriously so excited. Like I was so grateful for the tickets. I was genuinely like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go to the concert. And I was pumped that Tarda invited me. I'm like so grateful for that. But when I started to see like, all the lashback from both different sides. I was like, whoa, like I don't even know how to balance this. So I just decided not to post anything else more because I was like, it's not really worth it to me to like get into this argument online for like what? Like I'd rather just not even deal with that because it's not really something worth fighting over when like I know my heart and my integrity within that. And maybe I didn't make the best representation, but I tried my best. And so um, maybe I fell short on that. I'll admit that. But that is an area where I'm like, okay, Again, learning and growing and things I wanted to share with you guys. So yes, those are five things that um, I am learning and processing and wanted to share with you guys. I hope this was helpful and beneficial to you guys as well. Um, I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts um, on this episode if you liked it or if it was beneficial or anything of that sort, um, if you want more episodes like this. But it's just some things that I am thinking through that I wanted to let you guys in on. So thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Um, We will have more guests coming on soon. Um, I do love doing solo episodes every now and then because I love to just kind of like rant or ramble a little bit. Um, I generally hope nothing was like taken wrong, especially the Taylor Swift part. Like I am not trying to be like anything. Like I just want to be like, you know, I'm sorry if I offended anybody, but also like I'm trying to do my best and I maybe made a mistake and I'm learning and processing and going forward, I will process things differently um, and seek more counsel on that going forward as well. But just want to let you guys in on that and be vulnerable. And I hope that again, as Christians, we can support each other and pray for one another and love one another and not be so critical and cynical towards other Christians. I think that's where like, it stinks as like Christians are sometimes the worst or Christians are the most judgmental towards each other. So yeah, just think about that and, um, just think about how the way you phrase things to people. But Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Happy and Healthy. I hope this was just a good conversation for you to listen to. Share it if you guys are enjoying it. Um, tag me and my Happy and Healthy podcast Instagram. Both of these will be in the show notes. My Instagram is Janine Amapola. Leave a review if you are enjoying this podcast. And thank you guys for always tuning in every single Tuesday because I post these every single Tuesday. So I'm going to close out. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Happy and Healthy. Until then, I will see you guys next Tuesday. Stay happy and healthy. Bye, y'all. Bye.